Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome in. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. One hour of what's known now as radio excellence and YouTube excellence for that matter. Uh, hop on in that YouTube chat. And let's figure this out today. I see Droid Effects, Tiny PP, Tommy Summers, Johnny V, and Austin Avery all in there. Usual suspects. Yep, good to see them. Uh, YouTube.com, 101 ESPN channel, and uh, Air Alliance team, sponsor of the studio cameras that make it possible. Air Comfort Service text line is open for business today. Why is it open for business? Because if you come up with the topic for Thoroughfare Thursday, you get $35. Gary Keim got it yesterday. I Venmoed him $35. Congratulations to Gary. Topic. Yeah. Nice job, Gary Keim. Is right. it Keim Jackson? K-E-I-M. I say Keim. Yeah, I don't know how else you could pronounce that. No. Well, either way. 314-399-9646. And then the next thing, you get paid. You get paid. Paid to listen. PTL. PTL. Jackson has the Little Piddles. Half and half. Thursday, half and half. And uh, what do you think of that Blues Avalanche game? Uh, so I actually, oh, be- no. well, well, before, <laughs> yeah, here it is. Um, before I even discuss what happened in the game, and maybe this will endear me to the fans. I, I did in fact I'll short that. I did in fact bet on the Blues last night. Whoa, money line based upon the pattern that's been going on. Good game, bad game, good game, bad game, good game, bad game, good game, bad game, due for a... Good game. That's right. They were plus 195 on the money line, and you said, this is easy money, they're going to play a good game. Yeah, so I was not handsomely rewarded with that one after the 4-1 loss to the Avs. Um, I guess moments where they looked like they could come back well, after the second. Well, they came out uh, strong there. And yeah, you're right. Uh, Robert Thomas got his second. Uh, but uh, that wasn't going to be enough. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Biz Nasty uh, kind of got into it with number 99 during the intermission. Uh, he was not particularly impressed with the Blues play, in particular uh, the defenseman. Uh, here is what he had to say after the first period. I mean, this third line's been buzzing this season. Great play up the wall here by Miles Wooden. How about Colton going with the Jets along the wind there? Sneaks it in far side. But my problem is that angle by the defenseman for the St. Louis Blues. Boys, I'm being dead serious when I say I think I could have dressed for the St. Louis Blues. I'm telling you. They were waiting. They turned over the puck 100 times that period. I could have dressed as a defenseman. Could you take your jaw off the floor? I think you I agree with you. Take your jaw off the floor. I could have poked some poked some pucks and I could have cleared some pucks out. <laughs> I'm that with was you. pathetic, man. That was that was a pawn hockey game right there. You're right. Our goalie maybe should have stopped it too. On that one? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to comment on that. Well, you see the puck fluttering. Yeah. How hard, I mean, how hard a shot was. Well, I, think, I think he was so distracted at the fact that the defenseman <laughs> The defenseman there, was slow? <laughs> he, I mean, talk always talks about as a defenseman angling off going forward. Yeah. He had that angle on him. And then all of a sudden, he just started backing up, and, and then the, the wheels fell off. Are you suggesting that Biz could have played goalie tonight? 
I'm not. Yeah, okay. he can, whatever you want, bitch. I love that you really believe you could have played D out there. I think I could have survived that period <laughs> and, and not looked out of place as far as how the St. Louis Blues defense played. I'm with and you. And we can leave it I'm at with that. You. Thank you. There, there you go. go. I'm glad you're here, though. I mean, go I'm, back. If, if St. Louis D want to get offended by that, they should go back and sit down as a team and watch that period on how many turnovers they had from the blue line with complete control of the puck. Fair I'm, enough. Hot. I'm hot right now. You are. <laughs> yes, I feel like I'm on Barube's staff. That's how hot I am. <laughs> you, you, you ever get on the Maple Leafs this hard? No. no. no, no. We massage. No. Everybody has a bad period. No. Maybe it's just a tough period for them. Okay. Maybe. Fair enough. Sorry, Wayne. <laughs> I gotta. I mean, sorry, Wayne. I gotta. I gotta take Biz Nasty's side as opposed to 99s. I don't know if that's necessarily the way that things usually work when you're talking hockey. Best of luck. But I mean, I don't think it was just a bad period. Unfortunately, I think that's probably closer to who they are. It's tough to get really worked up because you kind of knew they weren't going to be great. Right. I suppose if you wanted to hold on to something, you could say, well, they've shown that they can be really good, but more often than not, you're probably going to get that and the Vancouver thing mm. than you are the Calgary thing and the Pittsburgh Penguins thing. And the thing is about it, twofold, can I do this, Roman numeral one? Doug's not here, so I see no yeah, reason. Yeah, he has he no can't. problem with, uh, or he has a problem with uh, outlines, but I'm going to do an outline since, like he said, uh, he's not here. Roman numeral one, when the Blues are bad, they are really bad. Right. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And then Roman numeral two, because they're probably not going to be dreadful throughout the course of the year. Like they'll have those games where they'll win against some teams you wouldn't expect them to win against, and they'll beat some of the teams that are probably in the bottom tier of the league when it's all said and done, like Calgary last Thursday. They're not going to necessarily be lottery mm-hmm. bad. Right. And then on top of it, there really aren't a bunch of unrestricted free agents lurking to trade away at the deadline. Right. So what I'm trying to tell you, Jackson, is it's just a blah year. It's kind of my question that I had leading off the Little Piddles half and half. What's your, by what's your question? Dieter. I don't want to steal your thunder. Oh, I stole your thunder. No, we're talking about the Blues. I wanted to talk about the Blues first, right. so we're talking about the Blues. My question was, it's obvious that we're in the midst of a rebuild. How far along in the rebuild are we? When can Blues fans expect to see some light at the end of the tunnel? The light at the end of the tunnel is still distant, but what you want to see, I think, is some of the foundation start to get put in place and I don't really know if you can say you're seeing that I mean because where you're going to see that would be the two guys they want to build around Yeah, and Thomas Thomas got his second goal of the year last night Uh, Jordan Kyrie's had multiple breakaway opportunities that haven't been converted yet I just don't think he can I mean they split him up last night kind of had a sense that that was coming Mm -hmm. Uh, put Kapanen on there with him I, I just I don't know. And so that so like last year was intriguing even though it was bad mm-hmm. because you know that the rebuild is beginning and they're going to be trading away Tarasenko. You knew that was coming. Figured O'Reilly was coming. Then Barbashev happens and you're kind of going, okay, this is what you got to do. Yeah, This is part of the process. But 
if you don't see the flashes of, like the last time the Blues did this, from my standpoint, I would imagine fans agree with me, you're like, okay, you got Oshie, let's let's watch this. No, the team's not going to be competing for a Stanley Cup, and maybe even the playoffs, but at least you got some guys, you can go, let's watch them develop. Mm-hmm. It gets even more frustrating if you're going, oh God, the guys they invested in are off to a slow start. Right. And that's when, that's when you go, oh boy, maybe this thing that we're accepting is going to take some time. Maybe those who the foundation would be built around are not necessarily getting there themselves. It's super early this season. But yeah, when they're bad, they're really bad. Now they were playing against a great team last night, so let's let's make that clear. But it's just kind of a blah, this is who they are, and yeah. there's really nothing. It's not like you go, man, what are they, what are they doing this offseason? There wasn't any money to spend mm-hmm. yeah, and the cap. So you're just kind of trapped in blah. For sure. And another part of that question I had was, how does like a rebuild in hockey compared locally to something like baseball or even football? Uh, all three, obviously, salary, I'm sorry, baseball, not salary cap, or hockey is salary cap. For the record, I am completely fine with what the Blues are doing. Mm-hmm. I think and, and it sounds so counterintuitive, and, and maybe the Cardinals will have just won the World Series a year from now. And uh, these words can be mocked, and I would, I would welcome it because it would be a good thing. No doubt. I think the Blues are actually closer to a championship than the Cardinals are. Wow. Which I realize sound, it probably sounds really sad, actually. <laughs> But I think you, you sometimes, especially in, in this era of sports, and especially when you're talking about a cap uh, like the NHL, you have to tear it down. And just the reality is, this is the process. The problem for the Cardinals is they're in a weird spot with two star players who are closer to the end than the beginning, and one is really close to the end. Uh and I think the Arnado thing, it's like it's tough to talk about because you're going, oh boy, you know, he's 33, you got Contreras, you got a lot of years left of him, and then you go, well, where's the pitching coming from? The thing that stands out to me with regards to the Rangers winning the World Series last night and what they have, yeah, they had some starters, but the two biggest names in that rotation both weren't available. Right. Scherzer was done, yep. and DeGrom didn't pitch. And it became Avaldi, but it really was the bullpens. The bullpens for both the Diamondbacks and the Rangers. And the bullpen was supposed to be the weakness for Texas. And there they were going 11-0 and on the road with their bullpens just holding teams in check. Who do the Cardinals have that would be that, that mix like what the Royals had eight, nine years right. ago? You know, where it was just shut it down. If you didn't get to them in the first six innings, you weren't going to get to them in the final three. And then the rotation. And there aren't a bunch of young pitching prospects at the moment that are on the precipice. So you are going to have to either spend in order to try to get there uh, and then be left with those contracts once Goldschmidt and Arnado are done. And it's just a really tough spot. But hey, it's on now because the World Series is over. Uh, I don't know who outside of the Dallas Metroplex will really remember this one. It was built to be bad. And it was five games of a, a really boring World Series, minus the comeback in Game 1. And, uh, and now the offseason begins, and this is really the Cardinals' season. Now we, we've known that really mainly since, at the very least, July, if not before. And now their season starts. But the Cardinals are taking a different approach than the Blues. The World Series odds for next year are out. Of course, they mean absolutely nothing because teams are going to reshape over the next couple of months. 
But, hey, here's what they think about the Cardinals in Las Vegas. They are 18th in the World Series odds, 50-1. to 1. Oof. Doesn't surprise me. Tough to argue with it. But when you go, oh, this team's going to return to contention, okay, who is going to throw the ball to the opposing team's hitters? That's the key, man. And you are going up against the the hungry Red Sox and the hungry Yankees for pitching, yeah. along with, I imagine the Phillies will try to keep Aaron Nola. Yeah, definitely. And you're going to go, I just think that's, I, I just, I, what I'm trying to say is I wish the Cardinals would have taken the Blues route. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And so, because I think that gets them closer to a championship. I think they are middling, and it's because they don't have the pitching, both starting-wise and bullpen-wise, and I just don't think they're close. But they're in a weird spot because you have contracts tied up to offensive players. And that is, I think you got a, I think you got a problem on your hands. So I re- the Blues thing I'm at peace with because I understand what they're doing. There is a plan. Mm-hmm. The Cardinals, I guess, have a plan. But I think the plan is going to cause bigger problems for the long term. Maybe they will shock the world and be able to get right back there. I mean, they certainly have the talent offensively to do it, but that talent isn't necessarily here for the long haul, and they're going to have to spend to get the pitching in because that is a short-term need with no short-term solutions. Your thoughts are welcome on the topic, 314-399-9646. You are also welcome to go into the YouTube chat and talk it over. Just realize uh, you've got to kiss the ring of Don Peepee. You absolutely do. He runs things in there. No doubt. Um, and, of course, it's Thoroughfare Thursday. That's right. Anything is welcome. So I Venmoed Gary Kime, $35. He came up with a wonderful question yesterday. I will go looking in the YouTube chat and in the Air Comfort Service text line to see if we have one for the remaining three segments of Balloon Party, driven by Munganess Burkard, Alton Toyota here on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. Back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I'm just, I'm, you know what I'm doing here? I'm reading throughout the course of the commercial break because we have a number of, and some good topics, by the way, for uh, the Thoroughfare Thursday here on Balloon Party, 101 ESPN and uh, YouTube, that YouTube chat. It's like, a, you know what it is, Jackson? It's like Harry's in the 2000s. Mm. Do you even know what that is or was? Heard possibly of Harry's. Uh, obviously was not doing much gallivanting at that time. It would have been odd if you were there. You would have been like seven. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, old soul, but maybe right. not that old. Right. Uh, yeah, it was downtown. Mm-hmm. Basically where cities' uh, practice fields are. Right. It's like yeah. midtown. So uh, downtown west, if you would. Sure. And uh, oh, it was a scene. Really? It was a scene. Was it open late night? Was that its oh, yeah. uh, allure? Yeah. Open till three? I feel like two or three. Yeah. yeah. Those places are few and far between nowadays. Yeah, I saw a lot of uh, opposing teams would come through town, and then they'd head from Bush Stadium or what was the Scott Trade Center to uh, to Harry's and have a nip of the cooking sherry. Right, as we all and do. And maybe make a friend. No doubt. Isn't that odd? Like, how? Honestly, I've seen leave with multiple friends. And for that, I kept my cap. No doubt. Yeah. It it would be so odd now to see an opposing player in the city out at a bar late at night. Like, I just couldn't even imagine. You've been accused of dancing at Tin Roof by yourself on Saturday afternoons. When you're there dancing by yourself, have you ever seen an opposing player there? Uh, You were doing Roman numerals earlier. I'm going to do one here. Uh, Roman numeral one. Those are allegations. Uh, council is currently working on, oh. uh, on uh, yeah, on uh, pushing back on those because that is uh, a falsehood. 
Uh, and secondly, no, I don't think I've ever seen, I've seen at University of Missouri, I would sometimes see a player out like getting food from an opposing team. John Calipari once got Dunkin' Donuts uh, before Missouri shocked the world and beat them in 2018. But that was the extent of it. Was that right? You saw John Calipari? At, uh, to be fair, a, f- a friend saw him and oh, took sweet, a video. Oh, sweet, sweet Kai? Uh, no, the, the, wolf, the wolf man. You got a friend named the wolf man. That's what I'll call him for right now. Uh, the wolf man uh, saw him early morning at Dunkin' Donuts right by uh, Shakespeare's downtown. No, right. Right yep. by the J school. The right. Absolutely. Right across the, uh, the grounds there. Nice. Oh, I like that. The grounds. They call them at UVA. Never heard such a term. Um, a lot of people are talking about the Blues. And, and somebody texted in, Tim, how can you be happy with the play right now of the Blues? I want to make sure I clarify. And I realize I'm talking to one texter here. But in case the one texter heard what many people heard, mm-hmm. I want to be clear. I'm not saying I'm happy with the play. Sure. I'm not raging about it because I kind of expected it. It's really shockingly boring. Uh, offensively, uh, and if anything, I'm concerned with what we're seeing from the guys who are supposed to be the foundation. But what I said was, I'm happy with the plan. Right. The plan. When I say play and plan, do I? Because it's possible in my mind, it's very clear: play and plan. But maybe I don't articulate as well. I mean, the thing is, my voice is so stunningly beautiful, and it's a gift. I mean, let's not call it anything but. But perhaps I take for granted how wonderful my voice is and how talented I am that I'm starting to, you know, just kind of slur my words like Paul Newman in The Verdict. I love The Verdict, by the way. I can't believe you even knew what I was talking about. (laughs) That gives me more hope for my investment in goodorbad.com, and I assume it's good. He smokes so many cigarettes in that movie. (laughs) That wasn't the main vice, but yes, that was part of the issue. He liked Bushmills as well. Um... No, so, boy, now I, now I can't stop thinking about the verdict. Oh, uh, here's a, a theory. Uh, because when you're in the midst of a take, your voice is so seductive and it, it really right. it gets people yeah. you know, in a trance mm. that they'll sometimes maybe mishear you, ah. you know, because you're like doing like a, some sort of hypnosis via your, your verbiage. Yeah, and I think it was just observed by Droid Effects in the YouTube chat. Uh, Tim, those baby blues are popping today. I may need those digits. Uh, I think the St. Gabriel Golf Tournament sweatshirt I'm wearing, which is kind of a brag, I guess it's a, a flex. Uh, I think it accentuates my eyes, so it may be tough that somebody may have thought they heard me say, oh, no, I'm really enjoying the Blues play right now. That first period against Vancouver was the bee's knees. Mm-hmm. But I didn't say it. I said it, the plan. Nah. Plan, nah. Play, eh. You know, hey, the boys came out uh, quick last night. Mm. Colton Pareko. Was that the post or the crossbar, Jackson? Oh, I was I was playing a rec league basketball game at the time. <sighs> so I no good to you in that sense. Um, so I apologize. Wow. I apologize. I feel like that apology is actually heartfelt. <laughs> did you watch the Lakers and Clippers? I did. By the time I got home from the game... Mm. I was like, yeah, the Blues game seems a little touch out of hand. But this mm. clip show and Lakers game, Battle for L.A., possible because Des Moines Hodge dressed last night that you could get Kobe on Des Moines. Uh, but Des Moines did not play. But it's still a great game. Uh, guys, I saw The Undertaker at the Casino Queen once. Thanks. That's Tiny Pee that's why. That's why he's Don Pee Yeah, for real. The guy runs things in there. Yeah. It's like, hey, here's a story. And then Don Pee is going to come over and just 
He's gonna he's gonna dunk on you is what he's gonna do. Uh, let's see, we got a bunch of things here, and I like it. There's a gentleman who every time I offer this the deep dive on a thoroughfare Thursday or a wide berth Wednesday, he wants me to talk about online poker, and I appreciate it, and I love. I love, duh, online poker. I actually play it a little bit when it's cold in St. Louis. But when you're a father, you can't sit and play. Like sometimes when I would play online back in the day, the glory days, uh, the tournaments would start at 2 in the afternoon, and you'd still be going at 2 in the morning. Oh, man. And you're just sitting with your laptop, you know, betting or folding cards. I mean, right. So I don't want know what... To, to answer on that, but here's the thing. It's kind of like golf. While I'm super interested in it, I recognize that the vast majority of the audience is not, and so I'm happy to talk about it on my podcast. This gentleman goes, what am I going to have to do to get you to talk about your online poker and your poker career? I'm like, I'll talk about it, but maybe team McKernan at InsideSTL.com for QFTA, QFTA, the podcast, and that's where we can do that. Here, we're casting a, a wider net, and that's why we're talking about 1981, The Verdict. I'm pretty sure 81. With Paul Newman, who also had wonderfully blue eyes. Yeah, big comeback role for uh, Newman. Yeah. Uh, Tim, Harry's was only open at 1 o'clock. Thanks. All right. Might be right on that. Might be right on that. Yeah, that's and then you go over to the standard. stag bar if you wanted to stay out late. And I'll be honest, at that time in my life, that's where I was. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah 1 a.m. Either Washington Avenue or Harry's and then the stag bar. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 1 a.m. is about standard nowadays for uh, liquor licenses in St. Louis. Uh, let's see. Harry's was epic. Prince of Darkness, tequila shots, then Diamond Cabaret till 6 a.m. Tee off at the Country Club at 7.15. That's from the 913. There's no... I, I, there's we no, cross paths. That's my kind of guy right there. That sounds nice. And it'd be even greater if that was my kind of girl. But could you? I couldn't imagine drinking all night at the Stag Bar until 6 in the morning until sun breaks, and then you go tee off an hour and 15 minutes later. That's the stuff of champions. Yeah, for real. I mean, you want to clock in early and leave late, that's fine. Then you become a champion. Yeah, I guess fatigue just hits different nowadays. Uh, guys, I ran into Steven Tyler on the landing. He was a very, very small man. A lot of lead singers are small. A lot of famous people in general are smaller than you think. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Give me some examples. Please. My mom interviewed, my mom, longtime journalist, interviewed Matthew Broderick, Ferris Bueller's Day Off sure, fame, sure. and said that he, he was legitimately the smallest gentleman she had ever met. She never met Mickey Carroll. I don't believe they ever crossed paths, but... What about Gary Coleman? Gary Coleman, uh, maybe. That, 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 my mom's fed a... She's done a lot in journalism, so I would think that could be a possibility. But she said Matthew Broderick was like shockingly short. He's listed as five eight. That might be generous. Wow. I always feel like guys such as myself who are in that range, anytime they give the height, they, I think people are so alarmed by the height that they go, oh, "There's no way that person's five eight. So then all of a sudden we become five one. Mm, yeah, know? and I'm speaking for all the shorts out there. Tom Cruise gets that. He's not. I mean, he's five like seven or How eight. How much Tom Cruise hanging out have you done? No, I haven't hung out with Tom Cruise ever. Um, but I like know people are like, oh, Tom Cruise is really short. Family guys. Wolfman hanging out with him. Is that how you know? No, that wouldn't surprise me either. But um, like people like say like Tom Cruise is really short, but he's like you know five seven five eight. It's closer to average than you'd think. I'd like to thank Jackson for knowing that the verdict was a comeback role for Paul Newman, but not knowing about the local ice hockey team while employed on a sports show. Priorities. That comes from Thanks Dad. Priorities, baby. Are we giving away text of the day? Can I give one away? I love Paul Newman. What about Thanks Dad? That's the name of the texter. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> uh, it's, it's called Doing Coke, Jackson. That's from the three. I didn't want to say it. 
I think we were all thinking it. Didn't need to be said. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I will go back into the Air Comfort Service text line. And I'll see, because there were a lot of good ones. There were a lot of Sweet. good wide berth or Wednesday thoroughfare Thursdays in there. Not to say that the half and half isn't going to be good. No. I, I mean, know. the Padres had to take out a loan That's to make in there. payroll. That's oh, is that in there? Oh, you better believe it. It's like, man, I wish the Cardinals would do what the Padres did. Well, just so you know, because it's not New York or LA, it's tough to have a $262 million payroll. And I, Bill DeWitt doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who in his 80s is going, you know what, let's take out $100 million to just get this thing going. That's what the Padres wanted. That's what the Padres... It is interesting, though, on the Padres thing, who, where that story came from. In other words, it wasn't the Padres. Right. Was it, was it, was it an owner who doesn't like what the Padres have done? That was my first thought. Okay. Who wanted thought. to get it out there that, hey, the Padres have driven up the market... And guess what happened to the Padres? They had to take out a loan to make payroll. And the Padres, per the athletic, had to take out a $100 million loan. And Major League Baseball only allowed them to draw 50 on it. And they had to use it to to make payroll. But what's interesting is the majority owner has been taking on all these minority investors. And so the theory... And I kind of get it is because they've had ridiculous attendance. I think only the Dodgers had higher attendance than yeah. the Padres this sold year. Three point three million in ticket right. sales. That the owner did this to raise the valuation of the franchise, so then he could make money by share, selling some of his shares to these minority investors. So the Padres have like a bunch. I was about to say a billion, but large number of owners. You know, right? That this isn't like a. Jerry Jones project here or a Stanley Steamer project in LA, the ghost of Malibu. This is, uh, this is intriguing. What, what was going Cause I was sitting there going, I'm like, I mean, I'm glad the Padres are doing it, but they're one of the teams that are on Bailey's. Yes, they are. And I don't know what they're doing, but they're a small market. And I'm thinking, I guess they're just trying to capture the market while the, the, nobody else is there. Chargers mm-hmm. have moved up the coast well, they also have taken out a loan for $50 million to make payroll. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Jackson, uh, we'll see what happens here in the second half of the program. It's called Balloon Party, and it's on 101 ESPN and YouTube. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let me tell the audience what just happened here. People want to peek behind the curtain. The great, and I want to emphasize, great Jamie Rivers texted me about wanting to come on to share a story about Harry's, which has surprisingly become the topic today. <laughs> to be honest with you, in the show prep meeting, I wasn't expecting that, but alas, here we are. So Jamie Rivers is about to join us. I give Jackson his number. I think it's wonderful that Jamie hasn't given Jackson his number. Shows yeah. that that alliance is very shaky. <laughs> Fragile. So Jackson didn't have his number. Jackson calls him and says, hey, I, I'll put you on hold. I got In four seconds, I got to update the audience on the NBA. So you were taunting 
the voice of the St. Louis Blues. That's what you were doing. You can say you weren't. And then you get to the point where you're going to give this Lakers-Clippers score, which is just a poke this audience. That's all it is, is a poke this audience. And then for some reason, you got emotional with Jamie Rivers on hold. That was karma, brother. I got some in my throat. I don't know. It's been kind of... Were you worked up over it? I mean, do you have the Clippers plus three or something? Is that no. why you... No, I never bet on NBA until at least after Christmas. And uh, I was just like, as someone was stuck in my throat. You started and, weeping. Well, it's you either have the choice of like talking like you have something in your throat for the rest of it, or you clear your throat. And I chose the I chose the latter. Let's bring Jamie Rivers on here to talk about that Sports Center update and Harry's. Uh, good morning, Jamie. Maybe he hung up, and I don't blame him. Maybe he's furious with you. Hello, Jamie. No, I'm here, guys. Sorry about that. Um, I actually thought that Kittles hit puberty halfway through that first <laughs> No, nope, still waiting on that. You can, you can almost hear one ball dropping at a time. <laughs> Slowly but surely. That's what it was. Yeah. Right in the middle of it, right before he got to LeBron's point total. I'm a man now. Yeah, his right. ball dropped. He stutter stepped. He's like, <laughs> I am so happy to hear. I can because. Because my experience at Harry's, my guess, was a hell of a lot different than if you were playing for your St. Louis Blues. And, you know, I, I'm thrilled that you uh, that you are going to share with the audience just maybe a little piece of the experience at Harry's. Well, so I got here in the mid-90s. And, you know, so mid to late 90s, early 2000s was like the heyday for Harry's. Mm -hmm. And... The only way I can explain it is that it was kind of like our version of Studio 54. It was. <laughs> you know, like anybody who was anybody around town or had a big circle of friends or just whatever would be end up at Harry's, and specifically on a Friday night or Saturday night. And the, the people at Harry's were awesome to the players because you know, they knew that we were going to go there after the games. And if you got a 10, 12 Blues players going there after a game – Odds are you're going to get certain clientele showing up after the game too to hang out and have beverages, mm -hmm. and uh, so they would they would make sure that they cooked dinners and stuff like following the game. So you go over to Harry's, get a nice but wonderful meal, and then they'd have an area that was kind of blocked off. If the weather was nice, you'd be outside on the patio, which was phenomenal patio. Mm -hmm. um, and if it was not nice, you'd be you know, in, over next to the bar, but yep. kind of set behind. Yep. And it was just like wild. There would be, you know, person after person after person coming up to introduce themselves to you and have some beverages and some laps and uh, some wonderful young ladies in the St. Louis area <laughs> would come and say hello and make sure the good young Canadian boy was okay here in the big old town of St. Louis. What a euphemism. That was nice. That yeah. was nice. That was well delivered. So one night, um, I, this is my rookie season, so uh, statute of limitations certainly has expired at this point. <laughs> it has to. But uh, I ended up, you know, you, you drive down to the game, you drove over to Aries and we park out front and whatnot because, you know, but then we were big wheels, so we parked right up front. And uh, the night went on, and yes, we met some friends, and the night carried on over to uh, the ill side. Of course. <clears throat> And uh, long story short, at one point, I'm figuring, like, what time of day is it right now? Like, I have no idea. I'm at the Oz at this point. Nice. 
And uh, I'll never forget this moment. As I go to open the front doors at the Oz, just to see, like, where is everybody? I open it up, and it was like, sunshine in my face. Now I'm like, what the hell time is it? And like, the, I have no idea what's going on. So I realize I've got practice. Because we used to skate after every Saturday night because back then it was like, well, we're going to sweat out the booze. Type thing. <laughs> and so I'm at the Oz and the practice rink is in Chesterfield. Tim, that's a short flight. Oh, okay? boy. Um, uh, and now I've, again, statute of limitations, and I'm 48 now, I'm not 21 anymore. Um, I have to drive at this point, which probably shouldn't be, uh, all things considered. It wasn't horrible, but still, you know what, probably shouldn't be. Well, I've got to get from East St. Louis to Chesterfield, and I'm driving and halfway to Chesterfield. I realize I'm still in the same suit and tie that I wore to the game the night before. Well, that's unacceptable. I can't roll into practice wearing the same suit as a rookie, like the guys won't care, but the coaching staff is going to absolutely obliterate you. And so I had to pull off. Um, I forget somewhere in Chesterfield, probably off all of, there was a Kmart. Yeah. This was Kmart is where we, had, we went with this one. So I, I roll off, go to Kmart. I run in, I grab the first hoodie, first pair of jeans and first pair of shoes I can find uh, that fit me. And so I'm, Changing in the parking lot, mind you. So here's St. Louis Blues player changing out of his suit and tie into street clothes. Looked like I just robbed the place or something. (laughs) And I've got to bust a move now to get to Chesterfield on time. Well, little did I know that we get to practice and the pants were fine, the shoes were fine. But apparently I bought a woman's sweatshirt. (laughs) And uh, yeah. So, of course, the guys were like, what the hell are you wearing? I'm like, I'm like, well, I just think he goes, oh, we thought maybe you pulled it off the floor where you stayed last night. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great answer if you were thinking. <laughs> yeah, but I was rattled, Timmy. I was rattled at this point. And you can almost, like, the alcohol that is oozing out of my pores has created its own identity at this point. And, so I learned a lesson that day and um, because I said to myself, if this is the way life is going to be, being a St. Louis Blues player here, I need to plan accordingly. So from that moment on, I always had a travel bag in my truck with me. <laughs> with a spare set of clothes. Veteran move as a rookie. Veteran move as a rookie. <laughs> yeah. Learned. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. So I, uh, I learned my lesson that night, but boy, oh, boy. Getting back to Harry's, that was a lot of fun those times. Oh, it was it was absolutely wonderful, and I would imagine your peers throughout the NHL were were aware of its uh, delights. Oh God, yeah, especially like if teams teams would come in the night before, it was kind of like yeah, you know, because coaches coaches would be sniffing around Harry's because they knew like it was a good spot, so you couldn't <laughs> go there night night before a game. So you'd go there at night after, and you got to remember my. When I first came in the league, there was, there was certain charters, but we flew commercial mostly. Yeah. So teams would stay in town. So you get a team that you play against, and you know, you'd know a couple of guys, or even in the hallway after the game, you'd bump into somebody and be like, uh, hey, uh, can you guys help get us in at Harry's? 
<laughs> and be a guy that you just had a punch in the face contest with, and then here you are. You're helping you know, him out. Making sure he, he gets ahead of the line at Aries. <laughs> oh, the fraternity that is the National Hockey League and that era at Harry's. Jackson, oh, you yeah. missed a good one. You know what, Jamie, I think you, we both agree. Jackson would have killed it at Harry's. Oh, my God. Yeah, he would have been a favorite for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They would have been swarming him. Good for you for saying that. The Alliance like is back and better than ever. Yeah, the Alliance is back. It's good to hear. Uh, he, he, did, he wasn't able to catch the game last night, by the way, but he did see the Lakers and Clippers. So if you need him on the fast lane, uh, he'll be available if you want to break that down. Yeah. Yeah, we... Uh, <laughs> We'll, we'll be probably leading off the show at the Lakers Clippers. All right, All right. All right. Jackson will be here. About right. time. Two o'clock. <laughs> 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 Jamie, wonderful to hear from you, especially on the topic of Harry's here on the program in the Kmart sweatshirt. <laughs> I'm glad I could help out, boy. <laughs> <laughs> there he is, the great Jamie Rivers. Catch him on the fast lane in the, uh, the Blues and the uh, Devils here for uh, the uh, homestand kicking off tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Jackson, you missed it. I don't think it's like that anymore. Uh, I don't think it's like that. I don't know. Maybe it is. I'm not out there. Right. I well, got two I, young boys. I yeah. mean, what am I doing? I can't speak to Harry's, you know, so I can just tell you, what's, right. you know, what I my experience is. And, you know, I enjoy myself. It's fun. But I don't know if you had that. I don't oh, know if you have that. I'd be surprised. Because the players aren't going out now because they can't. The guys, I said it yesterday no. with the phones. It's no. a whole thing. No. It's a free-for-all. Seeing it was, the last, it was the last few years. You know, that's yeah. what he was experiencing. Seeing a local athlete, not a home athlete, at a bar now is also extremely. Oh, rare. it was absolutely standard. Yeah, right. It would have been weird if I didn't. Right. You'd go, I guess they're out of town. Completely opposite. Yeah, because yeah, they don't want to be seen with the phone. I get it. That's the deal. Uh, all right. Uh, the great Jamie Rivers chiming in on the program. Turns out they're going to lead with Lakers and Clippers today on the fast lanes. There's some news. Jackson. The Jackson Burketting of 101 ESPN is underway. That's right. That's what I said. Jackifying. Jackifying here on 101 ESPN. We'll take a break. Come back with the final segment of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN and on YouTube. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. ESPN fresh off a wonderful call. A surprise guest appearance by Jackson's ally here at 101 ESPN, Jamie Rivers. This is just the wonderful nature that is a thoroughfare Thursday or a wide berth Wednesday. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to happen. It's so great. Yeah, that's, uh, it was wonderful to hear stories of Harry's, which I, I don't even know how that came up. I, th- I think you just said it in passing for a second, and then, you know, that's yeah. how. It's, it's a little like TMA, that i got to leave breadcrumbs to figure out where exactly. a topic came from. But alas, here we are, and it resonated with the audience. We were getting a bunch of texts on it, too. Like, yeah, it's just a place I kind of, you know, creeped around for a few years. <laughs> uh, Jackson, uh, BK, and Ferrario are up at the top of the hour. I think we have about four minutes, though, so I'm going to dip right back in to the Little Piddles Half and Half Presented by Angry Beaver. I, I'm anxious to hear what you have, because you can pick from one of your four or five remaining questions. What are you going to sure, go with? Sure, Angry Beaver, take that shuttle and get some good pizza, man. That pizza's really good. R.I.P. Bobby Knight. I always have loved your Bobby Knight story that you tell about the Cardinals Clubhouse, and I've heard you say there will never be another coach like him. Why do you say that? What made Bobby Knight so unique? Um, because there is no coach, no matter how successful they would be, who would be able to continue to behave like he behaved in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even some of the 2000s, and not get fired. Right. 
And uh, it's not a real long answer, but it is the answer. Uh, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And it was almost like, you know, the greatness, his record kind of at that time trumped his behavior. And now behavior will always trump record, you know, and that for better or for worse, you know, people have their different differing opinions on such a topic. But, you know, my father, longtime basketball coach himself, yeah. started out, you know, as anybody probably loving Bobby Knight, this unbelievable guy. And that is more of his kind of off the court or at least out of the public eye stuff came out. It was just like, oh. It's tough. It's tough to root for a guy when you when you know he conducts himself in a certain way. Yeah, uh, it's 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 a, such a dichotomy right. because I'm so glad that he did decide to return to Bloomington in 2020, mm-hmm. and that happened right before the pandemic. Uh, had that not happened, I'm not sure it would have been able to happen. He was in declining health, which is why they made sure that it happened when mm-hmm. he was 80, and. He was able to acknowledge the fans, wave to the fans, and reciprocate the love that that fan base had or still has for him. And also, on the floor that day when he made that return, 20 years after being terminated, uh, were about 50 of his former players. And so even though I feel like more so perhaps now than even a decade ago, and I realize I blame social media for a lot of things, and maybe I blame it too much, although I do feel that way. I really do feel that way. I think people get categorized into either being good or bad, when in reality, Bobby Knight is just another human being who has really bad moments and really good moments. In his case, he had a lot of bad ones that I don't think most people would conduct themselves. And I told the story on TMA this morning that the one that stood out to me, you know, it's one thing not to say that it's quote unquote excused uh, if you're the, the famous chair throwing or you're going nuts on the sideline in the heat of battle. Um, but when Jeremy Schapp, son of Dick Schapp, longtime ESPN reporter, got, I believe, the first interview with Bobby Knight after the Neil Reed choking video, mm-hmm. and they're having an exchange, and Schapp was making sure that he wasn't going to let him talk over him and, and redirect the questions that, that, that he was asking, and he interrupted Bobby Knight, and he said, you got to let me talk, Jeremy, I'm paraphrasing. And he goes, I am letting you talk. He goes, you keep interrupting me. And he goes, I'm not interrupting you. And then Knight pauses for a couple of seconds. This is easily found on YouTube. And shakes his head and goes, you got a long way to go before you're as good as your dad. And I'm just like, that's just kind of gross. That's not, that's not something that, you know, that's not the heat of a game. Right. It's almost premeditated. Yeah. That's. But then at the same time, referencing all those players coming back to Bloomington, he clearly had such a positive impact on their lives. And so he had, I think, incredibly brilliant and kind moments. I was able to experience part of that one-on-one with him in Tony LaRue's office, the story I wrote on the TMA fan page on Facebook, and I know I've told once here on 101 ESPN, uh, and uh, and then incredibly mean, Hmm. mean moments. gross moments. And so therefore there will be another, never be another Bobby Knight just because no one would ever be able to uh, keep going with that kind of behavior. And that is why it's easy for me to say there will be never, another, never be another Bobby Knight because that you won't see much greatness like that all while possessing traits that in 2023 and even 2013 
uh, would not be accepted in a, in a place of business and even a college basketball or college football sideline. BK and Ferrario are coming up next. Thanks to Jamie Rivers for dropping by and telling Harry's and Kmart stories uh, and also announcing that the Lakers and Clippers will lead off the fast lane today. So that'll be a change of pace. Nice. I might log into the text inbox to, <laughs> to look at that remotely when that starts. Uh, for Action Jackson, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Mungan S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN and YouTube. You've been listening to The Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.